When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you all. Many quilters love to sew for others. We make charity quilts, give quilts to friends and family, and gift handmade items to help celebrate milestones like anniversaries, birthdays, graduations, and retirements. We hear from many quilters that the reason they started quilting in the first place is because they wanted to make a gift for someone else. And many times that gift comes in the form of a baby quilt or even a small blanket for a special pet. I know one of the first projects I ever made was a small blanket for my cat Harvey and it opened up a whole big world of sewing and quilting to me. So today we wanted to share a few tips for sewing for babies and pets because there are some special considerations to make, especially when it comes to safety. Let's start with babies first. So when you're picking out a pattern for a baby quilt, Remember that simple is sometimes best. Children like to see colors and prints in the fabrics, but they aren't necessarily appreciating all the hard work you might do piecing intricate blocks, so save the more complicated patterns for someone else. Patterns with simple, repeated blocks can help you make a quilt fast, especially when you get that invite for the baby shower that's, you know, maybe a month from now. Patterns with large pieces can also help show off novelty print fabrics too. You might want to look for patterns that feature star blocks, snowball blocks, rail fence, churn dash, or even log cabin blocks. These are all really simple to sew and easy to chain piece. Now, when you're picking out colors for a baby quilt, it can be a little more complicated maybe than it once was. Not all new parents are sticking to those traditional blue or pink color schemes anymore. So if it seems appropriate, ask the parents what colors they'd prefer or what color they're decorating the nursery. Uh, I like to even peek at the baby gift registry to see what color bedding and towels they're registering for and then match the quilt to those. Sometimes that's a sneaky way that you can figure out how they're decorating and just match the quilt to their colors. And um, that reminds me, I once chatted with a lady who shared this great idea with me. Um, Her and her daughter lived in different cities. So the daughter actually went to a Home Depot and picked out Um, paint chips in the colors that matched her decor and then the mother went to her local Home Depot and picked out those same paint chips and she brought it right to her quilt shop and then she bought fabric for the quilt using that as a color guide which is so smart and it's a great way to um, connect with people you might not live close to but who, who you want to get that exact color match with. 
And then if you don't know the sex of the baby and maybe can't get a gauge on the colors from the parents, you can also go with a multicolor quilt, like a rainbow one, or maybe choose um, a bunch of novelty prints to make an I Spy quilt. Um, if you haven't heard of an I Spy quilt, it is a type of quilt that kind of fussy cuts or features prints with a lot of different images. Um, and kids like to use those to um, kind of play a game where you can say like, oh, spot the monkey fabric, and then they can look over the quilt and find a monkey. Um, so it's a great way to kind of use some of those maybe um, really graphic prints you have or some of those uh, more novelty ones that you might not necessarily bring out of your stash all the time. And you could even start with a really big panel print too in the middle and then uh, build around the panel with some basic blocks to match the panel print and that's an easy way to finish a baby quilt fast too. Now let's talk about some suggestions that can apply to both baby quilts and those for pets. So when you're backing the quilt, consider using plush fabric, which is so soft and cuddly. I have yet to meet a baby or a pet that didn't love the feel of plush fabric. In fact, my cat Harvey got so attached to the feel of a plush Christmas blanket I made one year that it now lives on our bed permanently so he can enjoy it all year round. Um, it of course does not match our decor, um, but he, he likes the Christmas blanket. So, you know, the things we do for our pets, right? <laughs> and then when you're quilting a baby quilt or one for a pet, keep in mind that the quilt will most likely be washed over and over again and not necessarily on the delicate cycle either. Especially younger children, they're gonna drag the quilt everywhere and it's gonna get dirty. So the layers of the quilt need to be held in place tightly so it doesn't unravel. So when you're quilting it, maybe just consider a simple all-over design. You don't wanna spend a lot of time custom quilting a quilt um, that's just gonna get kind of dragged everywhere. Um, and then usually the batting will tell you how far apart you want to keep your stitching. So make sure you're staying within those guidelines. Sometimes it's four inches. Um, for a baby quilt, you might wanna do a little less, maybe three inches apart, just to make sure everything is staying tight. Um, and then just something to throw out to keep in mind. Um, I always like to wash quilts before I gift them, especially for babies. Um, and I think this helps with allergies because I do have a cat in the house, so I wanna make sure it's completely clean in case anyone in the other household has cat allergies. And also I wanna make sure it's not running since I know that the quilt is gonna get washed all the time. I wanna make sure that the fabrics aren't running and that they're secure in the quilt. And if they are running, you don't want a new mom to have to wash a quilt separately from all the other clothes and make it more work for her. So just something to consider too. Also keep in mind any choking hazards for babies and pets. So things that can peel off the quilt, such as buttons, ribbons, rickrack, um, maybe even some applique, needs to be adhered very tightly so that the baby or animal doesn't choke or hurt themselves trying to swallow it. So leave those extra embellishments off the quilts. Um, that might be the best option or just make sure they're really tightly stitched on. Then for pet blankets, uh, if you have an animal that loves laying on beds and couches, 
but that isn't necessarily the most gentle on the furniture. <laughs> a blanket or quilt just for them can encourage them to lay in the blanket and not the upholstery. I know one of my coworkers has a leather couch and has just a small quilt just for her dog to lay on so that he doesn't poke holes with his nails in the couch. And it can also kind of keep all the pet hair just on one blanket so that you can just throw the blanket into the wash anytime you need to. One more note for pet quilts. As weighted blankets get more and more popular, there are also marketed specifically weighted blankets for pets who may suffer from anxiety. Um, I know many dogs who get anxious during thunderstorms or fireworks. Um, so weighted quilts are actually easy to make for pets because they don't have to weigh very much for the small animals. Um, really no more than a few pounds depending on the size of your animal. So you could make a small quilt with a thin layer of batting and plush backing that could weigh enough to comfort an animal when needed. So we have tons of patterns for baby quilts on our website, so we will make sure to link to them in the show notes um, so you can find a pattern if you need to make a baby quilt coming soon. And we'd love to see pictures of our listeners' quilts with a baby or a pet. That sounds just so cute and sounds like it would just brighten all of our days. So feel free to email them to us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. We'll list that email in the show notes if you need it. Or if you're on Instagram, you can use the hashtag APQPets to share your pet pictures or just APQPodcast hashtag um, to share pictures with us. We would love to see everyone's quilts with their cute babies and cute pets. And we're so excited to share these tips because this week's Sweet Quilty Home Challenge is to sew something for a child or a pet. So for those who don't know, our Sweet Quilty Home Challenge lasts for 10 weeks this summer. It ends September 12th, so we're more than halfway through now. And each week we issue a challenge on the podcast and our social media, just one small step you can take throughout the week to make your space more beautiful and functional. So um, we'll, uh, we'll list the link to the Sweet Quilty Home page on our website in the show notes so you can get all the details on the challenge and a lot of really helpful content and videos and patterns to get you started. Um, and so all the podcasts during these 10 weeks are coordinating with the challenge, so keep listening in. We're going to take a quick ad break, but hang tight. When we come back, we're sharing tricks for fixing your tension issues on your sewing machine and talking about the ombre trend. Welcome back. It's time for Back to Basics, a segment where we share tips and tricks about a sewing tool or a technique. And today I want to talk about skipping stitches. It's frustrating when you're sewing along just fine and then you notice that your stitches are skipping or maybe they're dropping a stitch here and there. And there are actually a few main culprits I want to share with you today that may help you avoid having to take your machine into a repair shop. Most of the time, it's a really simple problem with an easy solution. So number one, your machine or bobbin may be improperly threaded. Each machine is different, um, and some machines are a little more finicky than others, but most machine manuals will indicate how the thread should come off the spool and be threaded into the machine either clockwise or counterclockwise. And some machines prefer certain types of spools to sit upright rather than lay horizontally. And you may also need to change the spool cap size that's holding your thread on the spool pin. 
and your manual should specify all of this. Um, I rarely read this part of the manual until I have problems, so you may be surprised what your manual says. I know I'm always surprised when I do it and I go, oh my gosh, I've been doing this wrong for years. <laughs> Similarly, some bobbins work best when they're installed a certain way. Um, so when I notice skipped stitches, the first thing I generally do is rethread my machine and grab a fresh bobbin. The second culprit, it may be time for a new needle. If your needle is dull, it's not always sharp enough to pierce the fabric all the way through and that can cause skipped stitches. So as a general rule of thumb, you should replace your needle after eight hours of sewing or with each new project. You may also want to check that your needle isn't loose. Um, I found that sometimes when I'm working on a larger quilt, the fabric can butt up against the screw that holds the needle tight and can loosen just enough that it causes problems. Number three, you may have the wrong needle, thread, or fabric pairing. So if you've just switched to a new thread or a new needle size and you're starting to sew on fabric you don't normally use, like maybe a flannel or a denim, your machine may not have all the right combos to sew correctly. So make sure that you're switching between the thread, needles, and fabric um, so that the combos you're using, they're made to be used together. Um, so we have a little info online about needle and thread combinations that we'll link to in the show notes. Um, if you're not sure and you just want to double check, but many times your manual may suggest needle thread pairings too, so that's helpful. But if you've just changed your needle or the type of thread or you're sewing on a new fabric and you notice skipping stitches, something's probably not aligned with all those things working together right. Number four, your machine may need to be cleaned. This is generally the case for me. Um, most times when I'm having skipped stitches or tension issues, it's because my machine is jam-packed with lint. Um, and I try to be good about cleaning it, but sometimes you just keep putting it off and it can cause problems. So try to remember to clean your machine regularly, uh, maybe the first of each month, so it's always on the calendar. That's what I should do. <laughs> and if you've tried all these things and there's still not having any luck, try letting your machine rest for a little bit. I'm no expert, but over the years, I found that just unplugging it and leaving the temperamental machine alone for a few days before sewing again does the trick. I'm not sure why. Maybe it gets tired and needs to rest. <laughs> okay, I'm now handing the mic over to Jody Sanders, the editor of American Patchwork and Quilting for Now Trending on Instagram, a segment where we share the techniques, projects, or people trending on Instagram. So take it away, Jody. Thanks, Lindsay. One of the hot trends I'm seeing on Instagram right now is the use of ombre in quilts. Do you know what that means? Ombre is spelled O-M-B-R-E, and it's a French word, and it means that where color blends from light to dark, or gradually from one color to another, across the width of fabric, or from salvage to salvage. Ombre itself isn't new. Uh, Barbara Brackman has discussed on her blog, Civil War Quilts, that ombre prints were fashionable during a 25-year time period beginning in 1840 and going through 1865. 
During this time, the background or the ground of the fabric were the ombre. And then there was a motif like a vine or a scroll that was printed atop the ground, and that was in a single color. Ombres were mixed with other types of fabrics and quilts and also used for dress goods at this time. Quilters today can find 19th century reproduction ombre prints to add to their quilts, allowing them to get that antique look. However, most of the ombre quilts that I'm seeing on Instagram today are using bright, bold, near-solid or modeled fabrics, and they usually don't contain other types of fabric, so it's just the ombres that are being used in quilts. Some quilt patterns that showcase ombre fabrics well are those made using strips and squares, such as a rail fence, courthouse steps or log cabin, Bargello, and Trip Around the World. Flying Geese and Stars are also a popular design choice for using ombre fabrics. Now you might say, Jody, what fabrics do I look for if I want to make an ombre quilt? Well, Vanessa Christensen of Vianco started designing ombre fabrics in 2012. She had seven colors of ombre in her Simply Color collection for Motive Fabrics. And in 2016, she added the word ombre to new collections that she was designing. She continues to add colors. In fact, I think she's up to 32 now. And they include all colors of the rainbow and also shades of black and gray. Another ombre fabric collection is Gemstones by PSD2 for Riley Blake Designs. And PSD2 is Planted Seed Designs 2. And designer Jerry Robinson used uh, this fabric collection, the Bright Collection from Gemstones that she designed, to make Spin Me Around. And that's a flying geese quilt uh, inspired by flying geese. And it's on the cover of American Patchwork and Quilting June 2021. Gelato by Maywood Studios is another collection that includes saturated hues in both single color and multiple color ombre versions. You may recognize the name Jennifer Sampu. She has written a book, she's designed fabrics, and she even teaches classes using ombre fabrics. Some collections include the word ombre in the name, and that makes it much easier to search and find if you're looking to buy fabrics online. Some examples are Stonehenge Gradations Ombre from Northcott, Quintessential Ombre Border from Michael Miller, and Anthologies Rainfall Ombre Boutique. These are all stunning collections that make beautiful quilts. So, whether you're making modern, contemporary, or traditional quilts, using ombre prints in your quilts will add a sense of depth and interest. Thanks so much, Jody. We have to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, I'm sharing what's on my workspace now and answering a listener question. Welcome back. Now it's time for What's on Your Workspace, a segment where our staff shares what they're working on now, and I get to share today. So right now, I'm working on the Blakely pattern by Then Came June. 
So it's a pattern that features rectangles of different widths going both up and down to kind of stair step diagonally across the quilt. And although you can make it in any colors, it's kind of meant to showcase fabrics going from dark to light to look like it's fading across the quilt. So I decided to make this quilt as a Christmas gift for my dad this year. My dad doesn't have a quilt from me yet, uh, partly because I was just waiting for the perfect pattern to come along. And my dad likes things simple and neutral. And this pattern allows me to embrace kind of both those things for him. So I'm choosing a variety of blacks, grays, creams, and whites for the quilt. So it'll be neutral and, you know, more masculine for him, but it still allows me to play with pattern and texture in the fabrics, which I love. So I have all the pieces cut out and about half of the blocks sewn together already. Uh, this quilt is fast because it's just strips, so I just get to chain piece, uh, press, and then square up the blocks and no extra work, which I love. <laughs> um, but it's also just kind of been a true test of my accurate quarter inch seam. Um, with all these strips and specific widths coming together, if my seam allowance isn't always exact, I end up with blocks that are the wrong size or that don't fit together perfectly. So I'm kind of slowing or sewing slower than usual and really carefully and focused so that I can keep things even and things look really good so far. Um, like I mentioned, this is a Christmas gift for my dad and I always like to start my holiday gifts in the summer so that I have plenty of time to make them without feeling any pressure or stress. So as of today, there is 138 days until Christmas. So if you haven't started thinking about your handmade gifts now, this is just your friendly reminder. <laughs> um, I'm hoping to finish this quilt by the end of the summer so I can cross one gift off my list and get started on some more handmade gifts. But I'm very excited to see how this quilt comes together. It, it took me a long time to choose the fabrics to kind of get the right gradation. So I hope once I put the quilt together, it will look okay. So I will link to the pattern in our show notes so that you can see it for yourself. Okay, next we're doing Ask Us Anything, where we answer a listener's most pressing quilting questions. So this question came from Crystal Cochran, and she said, could you record a segment about what to look for when shopping for a long-arm quilting machine? I am in the market for a long-arm, and I want to make sure I am an educated consumer. Thank you so much for your question, Crystal, um, and how excited that you're looking to buy a long-arm. I'm going to take a little more of a generic approach with this question since it really is such a personal choice and every brand of machine can vary. So I'm just going to kind of share some things to consider and then you can dive in and do the research and decide what things are most important to you. So first, think about how you may use the machine and what types of projects you're planning to quilt. So for instance, are you looking for a sit-down machine or one on a frame? Do you want to do free motion quilting or have a computerized machine that does it for you? Or maybe it's a combo of both. Do you need a machine that can work with rulers or pantographs? Do you plan to quilt for others or just for yourself? Are you making large king-size quilts or can you get a smaller machine that does small throws? 
Then ask yourself how you envision it in your home and your budget. So how much space do you have in your home for the machine? What's your budget? Do you have the room to move one upstairs or into a tight space? Or will you need to buy a machine that's in pieces and put it together yourself or hire someone to install it for you? So once you think through all these things, you want to start doing research. Watch some online videos, ask around in any quilting groups you belong to, whether that's in person or online. Uh, maybe check social media to see what your favorite quilt designers use. Visit your local quilt shop and ask the owners. Go to a quilt show and talk to the vendors. So the more machines you can expose yourself to, and if you're lucky, the more machines you can touch and try out, the better understanding you'll have of which ones you like. Some may be more intuitive to use for you than other ones, and some may just feel better in your hands or seem to stitch smoother for you. It's all a preference thing. If you find one you really like, make sure it fits into your needs and budget. Some common things you may want to pay attention to when you're testing um, sewing on a long arm is the throat size. So is it big enough for your needs? And then the other big one is the stitch regulator. So when you're stitching, make sure that you're stitching both curves and geometric shapes like zigzags. And just check that everything looks smooth and the thread doesn't alternate between long and short stitches when you're changing directions. You don't want to end up with, with a machine that's you know spotty and how it handles different speeds of quilting or different movements. Now, once you've narrowed it down to a few machines, you want to ask the dealer about their warranty, um, any online or in-person classes they offer for education, what the maintenance of the machine looks like. Like, can you do it yourself? Is it expensive? Is it hard to get parts? Um, do you need to hire someone? And see what upgrades or accessories they offer in case you want to get fancier with your quilting in the future. You don't want to be stuck with this machine and not be able to kind of have it change with your needs. So I hope all these tips help Crystal. Um, there's so much to think about when you're buying a long arm, so don't rush into anything. Just try as many machines as you can and don't be afraid to walk away if it's not perfect for your space and your needs. Uh, in many cases, a long arm is one of the most expensive purchases you might make in your life, so you want to make sure it's exactly what you want. So we love getting listener questions, so feel free to email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com with anything you'd like us to tackle. And that's it for our show today. And before we leave, I wanted to share a review of the podcast we got recently that we love. And this review comes from Sharp Knitter One, and she says, I'm working on my first quilt after having sewn clothes since grade school. I wanted to try quilting back when I was 40 and my girls were in school. However, I had problems being accurate and this frustrated me. So I sold my cutting table, got rid of all my rulers, and went back to sewing garments. Now that I'm older, I found a great teacher who cheers me on and I've decided to enjoy the process no matter where that leads me. I enjoy listening to your podcast while walking my dog and driving in the car. I'm learning so many new things. Thank you for all your hard work. 
Wow, that's so amazing. We're so happy you decided to give quilting another try and good luck on making your first one. We're all cheering for you. So if this review is yours, we'd love to send you a gift. Um, so email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com, which is listed in our show notes, so that we can send you a little gift. And if you love this show, please leave a, a review. It really helps other quilters find us, and we may feature yours on an upcoming show. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week.